human decency is not derived from religion, it precedes it. The religion of one age is the literary entertainment of the next. The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Exceptional claims demand exceptional evidence. Welcome to the podcast of Leaders in Free Thought. This is where Seth and I get together and discuss issues of importance to atheists, skeptics, free thinkers, and others who base their lives around reason. We bring you news, interviews, and thoughtful discussion on topics of importance to people in the free thought community. I'm Seth. And I'm Jeff, and you're listening to the Leaders in Free Thought. Hello, all you Leaders in Free Thought cast listeners. How is everybody doing today? Jeff is unfortunately not going to be on the podcast today. If you didn't know... I moved from Fort Collins to Seattle at the beginning of the summer. So we're uh, several states away, but I'm going to try to Skype him in every now and then. So I'm in Seattle, and I'm trying to find content. I'm trying to see who I can get on the podcast or see what I can talk about or see what's interesting, and I'm just not fi- having any luck finding anyone. Um and then sometime around mid-June, I take a trip back to Texas to visit my family, back to good old Azle, Texas, the greatest place on earth. I mean, it is just a little slice of heaven, ladies and gentlemen. Azle, Texas. If you've never been, I suggest you keep it that way. All right, enough, enough Azle bashing. It's really not that bad, but I can't imagine anyone wanting to live there. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine anyone wanting to move there for the culture, the arts, the museums, the industries, the high-tech, all the job opportunities there in Hazel, because it has a great education system, or because it's just beautiful, beautiful landscape. Um, so I took a trip down there, and I brought my audio equipment because I had no content. I had nothing to publish. And as you noticed, if you are a regular listener, I stopped publishing <laughs> about that time uh, because I, I I had nothing. I didn't have anything. I bring my audio equipment down there and I'm thinking, hey, I mean, who knows? You know, if I don't bring it, something could happen and I will really, really regret not having this. You know, like an opportunity may present itself somehow. Um, and one did. So let me give you a little background. I, I have a cousin named Christy, and she has a fiancé named Jeremy. And Jeremy is a recent convert to the Christian faith. He was recently released from prison, and while he was in prison, he found Jesus Christ. He wanted to talk with me about his conversion and possibly try to bring me back into the fold and so I said sure uh, we can discuss you know whatever you want and do you mind if I run tape and he said no it's that's fine that's cool it's cool if you want to run tape and put this on your little podcast so 
we spoke for quite a while out uh, on my grandmother's front porch, which is why you'll hear like a constant hum of insects in the background. And I guess the only other background you really need before we get into this is that Jeremy um, and his mother were both involved in manufacturing, selling, using methamphetamines. And I asked him how that affected him as a child. We never really lived in one place. We lived uh, from here to there, whoever, wherever. I remember at times uh, through a school year, I'd go to five, four or five different schools in, in one school year. And that was kind of a trip moving all the time. Finally, in, in um, let's see, I'd say about fifth grade, my mom got caught. She got in trouble and uh, she had to go to prison. And the, the state pretty much took custody of me and I had to go to a foster home. And that really sucked, man. And how old, how old were you at this that time? Was fifth grade, what is that, 11, 11 years okay. old, 10 or 11. And uh, that right there was, was a trip because, you know, my, my immediate family, they, they all love me. I love being with them. Uh, they, they're not in the dope scene. It was, it was totally, they wanted to get custody of me, but the state being that my mom, you know, was in trouble, they took custody of me. I, I went to a, a foster home out in Stephenville, and I stayed there for a year. Now, you talk about a, a trip, man, because... You're there with all these kids, and, and when I first went there, I saw a pool there, and I seen all these kids playing. I'm thinking, wow, dude, this is going to be all right. And and then you get in there, and it's, man, uh, it was strange. I, I, I feel sorry for kids in, in foster care right now. Maybe it might have been the place I was at or whatever, but it was more like a prison. The, the final straw that broke the back when I was there, I was thumping a paper football, and uh, I broke a Christmas ornament. And our cottage leaders or house leaders that watched over, what, 15 kids in each house, he took me in there and made me grab this chair and he had a baseball bat that he'd shaved into a paddle and he, and he wore me out from the bottom of my knees up to the middle of my back and I was just like, whoa, I never been beat like that. I mean, I was black and blue and mm -hmm. uh, one of my mom's ex-boyfriends who, who was straight, he, he kept in touch with me and tried to be a father figure to me. Um, I told him about it and we went to the counselor or whatever and I finally got out of that place. But uh, I moved in with foster parents and he was, uh, he was an ex-alcoholic and uh, he was he he ended up being kind of pretty abusive. I, it was more like living in a uh, uh, a soldier's house, you know. I mean, I, if my bed wasn't made just right and I didn't have the plates ready in the morning, which I understand discipline, I understand everything like that. But I mean, he would he would literally take it out on me. Finally, get away from him, and I moved back with my family and my mom. This is why I, I commend my mom so much because uh, I know what addiction's about, and I know how strong the hold it can have on you, and I know what the lifestyle is like that, and it's it's. Uh, it's hard to get out of without any help. Her main goal was to get me back and, and to raise me from that point on. And she, she got out and she did what she had to do to get me back. And I moved back in with my mom when I was a freshman in school. And from that point on, uh, I went to high school in Azle. I stayed in Azle. And then uh, I got introduced to the, uh, the party scene. And that was my main goal from that point on, partying and music, you know. How is the party scene in Azel? <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> there is no academics, there is nothing. It's all, it's party 101. So, yeah, that, that, uh, that kind of hindered my, my college-going experience because, uh, you know, if you played sports in Azel, it didn't matter how smart you were. If you hit a book or not, it didn't matter. You're going to pass. You were a god. Yeah, you yeah. were set up, man. And, and being that my mom... Uh, was real lenient, you know. Uh, she got a boyfriend or whatever, and I pretty much had my own apartment. So, the party was on, you know. I didn't, I didn't have any any ruling over me or whatever, and and uh, played sports. So I passed school, 
there was a group of five of us that were, man, we were real, real tight all the way through school, man. And uh, they, the party was on. Well, that's all we did was party and, and play sports. And then uh, I tried to attend college. And <laughs> the only thing I studied was, you know, uh, cracking open, you know, beer or, or whatever, you know, getting getting twisted off. I didn't. Even, I don't even think I cracked open a book one time, you know. So that was the end of my college career. But I guess that that's up up to that point, everything was fine. I wasn't uh, I wasn't getting real crazy. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd party here and there, but then uh, I got introduced to meth, and uh, wow, what a ride! That's a life changing experience right there, man. And then it, it'll get a hold of you. So what was that like? It started off as as a cure all. I had a uh, the, my grandfather had shot my dad when I was 11 years old or 12 years old. I just got out of the foster home and it was kind of messed up, man. Cause I, all your I really gran- wanted, your grandfather shot your dad. Yeah. I shot his own son. And, uh, that's, that's some heavy shit. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty twisted off. Well, when I was in the foster home, what introduced me to death, I, my best friend and my cousin, I mean, we were, we were tight. We we're like soulmates, man. I mean, we were so, so close. Uh, the only thing, this is how great this kid is, man. He, he would save up his allowance money to give to his mom for gas money so he could come visit me on the weekends, man. He didn't go to the mall. He didn't hang out with his friends, man. He would come up there just to be with me because he knew I felt alone, you know. We were tight. And uh, somebody had uh, broken in and murdered my aunt and my cousin, shot him, you know, uh, point blank and, 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 and assassinated him. So it, that, that, was a, that was a hard thing to go through when you're sitting in a, uh, a prison, it feels like by yourself you know what i mean and there did someone no owe someone else money or what's the deal there no it was it was a, it was just a freak accident deal i mean someone my my cousin and my aunt were uh in a motel room they just got in town and they were about to go back to the house and they decided to stay you know it was on the other side of fort worth and they'd uh they decided to stay in a motel room and someone had had broken in the door and shot her in the head in the stomach she actually lived and and made it through it but uh, she still has trouble today. But my cousin was was assassinated. I mean, they killed him uh, on his knees in the back of the head. A ten year old beautiful young man, and uh, it's a horrible thing to go through. I I'd, I'd, I'd never really experienced loss, and and man, I, I don't look for any sympathy or anything. But I just you know I, I want you to understand what it's like when you really don't have much at all, and the few things that you do got that are real and true to you, man, and they get stripped away from you like that, especially at an age like that. And, and, and where I was at, dude, I was so lost, man. And I would sit up there and I would, I would cry with this picture in my hands every night. And that cottage leader, that the people I was telling you about, she'd come in there and she'd throw cold water on me, go to bed. You know, and I'm tripping. I'm going, man, dude, give me some, I need. I just needed, you know, as a kid, I needed shoulder to cry mm-hmm. on or yeah, something. Sure. And, and there wasn't nothing there for it, you know. And So I, I, built up, I built up this wall, honestly, because I, I couldn't get hurt like that again. Because it was, I, I even... I stressed out so bad that I had uh, ulcers form on my eyes. The doctor said it was from stress. And I couldn't even see for like three weeks, man, because um, any sunlight that hit it, it would bring me to my knees. And it was from stress, from, from wigging, because I'd, I'd, I didn't know where to turn. I didn't have no answers or anything for what, you know, this, this tragedy had just happened. How, how what, what could be going on? So that right there, we, in that foster home, they sent us to a Southern Baptist church, very very strict on their rules and regulations at this church and and they scared to death out of me i mean with god they scared me and i thought i was about to get squashed at any time by this deity up there that's gonna just kill me if i do something wrong you know they scared so that was the last person last thing last place i was gonna go on my knees was to god it was you know i needed somewhere so i just built a wall up and uh and then i i get home and uh with with these foster parents and 
they loved me and they uh, they did the best they could but I can't explain why they you know he would put his hands on me like he would but he did and that's I was scared to death man what do you think the motivation is for someone to be a foster parent it's, you know to raise like this this these group of children that aren't your own it would seem like you don't like kids you're not good with kids why would you even want to get into that business honestly i know in my heart now that he wanted to do best for me but he didn't know how to he used to get beat when he was a kid there's no excuse man when you become an adult you put all the child's things away you can't use what happened in your past to and although i do it quite often but i mean i know i know that a lot of times i'm wrong for using that for an excuse but he was he was intending to do something right i think a lot of it was for the image he would get for taking in a kid um i was getting a social security check which also brought money in he was one of my mom's ex-boyfriends and he and i know for a fact that he would use that to get closer to my mom you know mm -hmm. and uh so you said that um they took you to a southern baptist church that's correct and i guess they put the fear of god into you did that affect you at all like in a significant way or were you just uh, like yeah. yeah this is no it, it really did because all right let me let me explain this in my eyes being someone spiritual and, and loving is someone something totally different than someone who goes to church and does the hoopla just for for the look of it or or maybe it makes them feel like they're doing something right well these cottage leaders of mine quote unquote would use God to scare us and then they wouldn't even live behind what they were saying and then when we get there and I we didn't they wouldn't allow us to go to Sunday school I was I guess I was right at the age where they didn't you know Sunday school didn't count you know I don't know why but we would sit in there and they preached a sermon and that was so hard and, and it would scare Fire and you. brimstone kind of straight up man and it, <laughs> I was like my gosh do these people ever even have any fun I mean Lord of mercy you got you got to y'all got to live a little is what I'm thinking you know because you got to realize man I, I would walk to school, and if I got there, I got there when I was younger, you know. I pretty much, I was my own boss. I ran my own thing. I, I went to school, you know. I mean, that's one thing I knew I had to do. But other than that, I took care of myself ever since I can remember, man. I mean, I'm talking from putting my clothes on to getting home and making mayonnaise sandwiches for lunch, you know. And then go from that to having these people control me and scare me and put fear in me. I, I never really had fear in me, you know. I had a longing for something, which was family, for love, for comfort. That sure. There's a void that, that's in your life. I mean, I don't know if it's anyone else. I'm just speaking for myself. I can't really say what anyone else is. But I had a void, man, that learning so young to be on the move at all times would keep that void, you know, I, I, something new at all times, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't feel that longing until I was in a place for too long. And I would sit there, and, and then I would have to, things would set in. And I would get, I guess, boredom, I guess you'd say, or, or just everything becoming monotonous or whatever. And I, I felt like I had to be on the go. And I didn't realize that uh, I, needed, I needed somebody, you know. Yeah, it's a trip. It, it, was, uh, it was a trip going to church. And my idea of God, I was telling Christy on the way over here, you know, my close family I was telling you about that cared for me, that wanted to take me in, they, they were always real loving, you know. I didn't get to see them all the time, but they were always real loving, and and they would tell me about God, and they wouldn't scare me with it, and I had this image of God. Was this was this the first time you were exposed to any kind of religion, or did your did your mom try to instill no. a little bit of that into you no, earlier? No, she didn't. I, I uh, that that was the first time I went to church that I can recall was was at that point. Okay. I had an idea, you know, and and I've had people try to tell me about God, and I was really. 
I, like I was telling you, I had this image of God being this real tall, giant kid with all these people around him, and he just loved everybody. You know, he had a green shirt on that said "God." God. You know? Okay. And he was just like a real deep voice. Hey, how you doing? You know? And, and did he have a everybody. beard and like long white hair? No, or? he was no? a kid. He was oh, a giant okay. kid. Okay. Was, but I'm a kid, you know, so I'm thinking <laughs> that's what he is. You All know? right. And uh, but then when I I, uh, I go to this church, it, um, it it really it really scared me. Um, I didn't understand a lot of it except don't do this or you will go to hell. And I was like, oh my God. And then they tell you what hell's about. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've done all of this. I mean, yeah. what, am, what am I going to do now? Yeah. There ain't no, well, Jesus is your Savior. Well, who's Jesus? Where can yeah. I find this yeah. new Jesus, man? What I do I have to do? Yes. What do I have to sign? I'm telling you, man, I will dotted line it right yeah. now. And uh, so that, that kind of ran me away from God, honestly. Um, and from that point on, I never, even even after death and, and, and going to funerals, because I, like I said, I've been through, my, uh, later on in 1997, I was living with my aunt, the one, the family I was telling you about that loved me. That's right, they live right down the road here. Okay. Um, she was abducted and had her body dismembered and put into a barrel and was missing for three weeks. And the guy that had abducted her had put her in a 55-gallon uh, drum and kept him in his living room, man. And Fuck, dude. Crazy, dude. So, I mean, it's like one after another. Things things are continually happening. I've, I've lost cousins in between there. And, I mean, and this death is, just keeps creeping up on me and, and despair and, and and just, oh, this sickening feeling, man. And and that wall, I'm telling you, I got this wall built up dude, to where it's like, okay, I can't let it I can't let it get me, man. Running from emotions is a crazy thing instead of dealing with them. You learn a lot from, from dealing with emotions. As, as painful as it can get, Seth, I tell you, man, uh, I would rather face them head up now instead of hide behind dope or hide behind excuses or or make excuses or anything like that. You know, life gets a lot better when you do that, uh, and I, I know that for fact experience. You know, I'm just now getting to that point, and that's another thing about the dope that I used. It it numbs you. It's a cure all for anything. I don't care if you're aching, if you're shy in public. I don't whatever you need, it's got for you, brother. <laughs> let, me, let me talk to you. You know, come over here. I got something for yeah. you. And Magic elixir. I'm telling you, man. Uh, it, and it, it was it was it was the greatest thing until the next thing you know it's got you, and then you become a slave to it. But that's I said all that to say this: my my emotions I could hide everything behind that stuff, man, because it numbs you to the point to where you don't even have to deal with anything. You're going so fast, everything's just passing you by, you know, and, and everything makes everything okay. You think until you have to come down until you and come realize down. yeah till you yeah. come down and realize and the next thing you know why do i want to be here all them problems are still there compounded by 10 times and not only that i've been, i've done some study on it and you have an emotional state like uh for example you know you got a 10 year old kid he's he's gonna deal with emotions totally different than you or i would okay but when from the point you started using meth you don't have to deal with emotions. So that's how your age of dealing with emotions starts right there. You know, so you're looking back, I'm, I'm uh, 20 years old, 21 years old, and I, I deal with, emo or I'm, I'm 30 years old and I'm dealing with emotions like I'm 20, you know? And I never really had to deal with them anyways because I, would, I, would, I had that wall up, you know, because of my dad, because of all the things that had happened to me, you know? And, and uh, that's where it gets you, man. That's, uh, that's where I got lost, trapped up in it, man, for real. So when did you come to the point where you found Jesus, I guess, would be the best way to put it? Was it, was it like that? Did you, yeah, was it, was it, did it happen in prison or what's the deal? All right. Here's, here's exactly what it is, man. 
What's the let's, deal with Jesus? Well, let's let's talk about Jesus. Son. Now, come, let me talk to you. For 1995, I can give you. Oh, uh, all right, here's what it is, man. Uh, even before I went to prison, uh, let me back up and get to why I went to prison. I got into the dope game. I got into to making it. Uh, it becomes a lifestyle. You drop any and everything else. You become a god. If you, I mean, honestly, in in that world, in people's eyes, if you have the sack, you are the man. Whatever you want. From I mean, excuse me, babe, but females all the way down to cars, whatever you need, you got. And not only that, it, you just feel so cool. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You the man. Because I got, I got stuff, and you want this stuff. Yeah, you know? dude, I'm you got to come to me to get it. That's right. You can control people. You're a puppeteer, man, for real. What, can I make you do this? And it even gets to the point, Seth, to where, and I hope that it's not in me, uh, but I see it in other people, too, that are in dope. But you manipulate people and just see what you can make them do for this stuff. It becomes a game, you know, and, and it's and it, that world is so horrible, man. Uh, now that I step back and see it from sober eyes and and I don't have a desire for it anymore. And I, I feel like I've been delivered from it. And I know that in my heart. I, I mean, anyone can say what they want. Only I know, you know. Because there's been so many times that I've been to jail and I come out and, all right, man, I'm not going to touch it. But I knew in the back of my mind, man, I'll get to that point where I'm okay and then I'll dibble and dabble and, you know, be the man again and, and I'll keep my job. Dude, it don't happen that way. You know, I lie to myself just to make it okay or whatever. Uh, but I, I'm going to – this is somewhat of a testimony. I had um, I'd done burn every drug dealer I knew in town. I mean – I was doing big, big, doing doing it big, you know. So I'd get all this money, I'd go party, and I'd giving girls this and that, and hooking homeboys up. Next thing you know, come time to pay my bill, I'd I'd just run from them, you know. I'd go find the next hookup. Mm -hmm. I done burned so many people that um, a buddy of mine said, "Say, man, I got somewhere we can go. This Hooters chick, she's so bad, dude. She's got her own house, big, huge house, and she's got freezer bags full of this stuff." And I was like, "Well, cool, let's roll, man. Let's let's get Fuck there." Yeah, we get there, and she comes out, and I'm telling you what, said, dude. This chick is so hot. I was like, oh. I mean, I, I don't get nervous, man, but I was like, I could, you know, I was stuttering and everything. And she was cool. And she had a fat sack. She wanted to party. And, and we get our stuff. And my buddy's like, all right, let's go. And she goes, no, I want him to stay. I was like, oh my God, for real jackpot. Yeah. You know, the score. Yeah. So we sit there. And for like four days straight, we didn't sleep. We took some X tabs. We did dope. We drank. We went and partied and had the best time. Next thing you know, I'm living with this chick. And um, I'd had a job framing houses, and I said, "Well, look." And that man, chick turned out to be my cousin. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a, I'd had a job framing houses, and she told me she said, uh, she said, "Look, man, I don't, I don't want you to go to work." I said, "What?" She said, "I want you to stay here and sell dope to the 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 Hooter girls that work for me." She's a manager. I was like, "Oh my God, what? You got to be kidding me for real?" <laughs> yeah. I can sit here in the you know in the lazy chair, which I call my throne, you know, and and sit here and sell dope to beautiful girls that come by all day. Yeah, and. Um, so we, we got wrapped up into it. She ended up losing her job. We threw everything away, lost her house. And I'm totally in love with this chick. This is one of the only times I let my defenses down straight up. And um, I come home and I caught her with another man. And you know where White Settlement is here, mm -hmm, which is what, mm -hmm. say, 12 miles? Not even that. I don't know, about 20 12, minutes or something. Yeah, 20 yeah. minutes in a car. Yeah. Well, we lived over there, and, and I'm walking from there all the way out here, okay? I'd, I'd, I caught her with another man. It destroyed me. And I was done. I was done. We done lost the house over there. I done lost her. I, I, I didn't associate with my family anymore because I was so wrapped up in the dope. And I, I, I went from, I, I started off snorting it. And then I smoked a little bit. And next thing you know, I'm shooting it. 
and and that's a whole different ball game, man. And it, it'll 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 take over your life. It'll change your morals. It'll change any and everything that you think you stand for, because in the game you get got. Well, then you get bitter, and you're gonna start getting. Next thing you know, it becomes a vicious cycle, man. And I don't know how it happens. I mean, it just bam. And next thing you know, I'm looking at myself, and I'm going, "How despicable are you, man?" Look at you. You don't stand for anything. You fall for any and everything. You know, if you don't stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And that's exactly what was happening to me. And when I was young, I, I, I prided myself on being strong, you know, on, on being strong-willed, being able to handle whatever come at me, you know, because I've been through some things, you know. And, and, uh, and then I look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, man, I'm a chump. I'm a weak chump. So I love my mom. She lives out here. And this was, this was in December, a couple days before Christmas, man. And it was about 60 degrees that day. And uh, I'm in wind pants. I got, some, I got some dock sandals on. I got just plain white T-shirt, my hat on backwards. And I got a uh, cigarette behind my ear. Last cigarette, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm walking home to tell my mom goodbye because I was about to end it, dude. And I can tell you from personal you did experience. You did, like, kill yourself? Yeah, I was done. And, and I know in my heart. I knew what I was going to do. But I had to you tell You were my committed. Mom, no, it was done, for real. I mean, I... I had nothing else to live for, man. But I had to tell my mom goodbye because I do love her that much. I mean, and <laughs> how can you sit there and say, yeah, I love her that much, but I'm going to go kill myself and put her through more, you so know? So were you, like, preparing a speech? You're, like, running over what you were going to say or anything? No, I was just going to go in and hug her and tell her I loved her. And then I was uh, going to say I'm going to run down the road and then just not come back. Make it to where I couldn't have been found. You know, you can go to a drilling rig and, and they'll never find, you know, there's ways you can – lose a body and they'll never find it you know uh, I would much rather think that I got abducted or something you know it was, it was a horrible way of thinking man you, when you're in that state you don't know but I'll tell you this Seth um, if you've never ever went through being to the lowest point you could possibly be to the point to where you want to take your life to the point to where nothing matters there is no hope man hope is what I what I call hope is confident expectancy okay in my eyes, that's what it is. You know, you got hope. You expect you're expecting for something better, and you got confidence that it's going to happen. So you continue on until it does. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. You feel that? All mm -hmm. right. So there was no hope. There was nothing. There was no answers. There was nothing else for me here, and wherever I went didn't matter. I didn't care. I was hurt so bad. And I'm walking from this house, our house in White Settlement, and I'm crying. I mean, I'm, I can't quit crying, and I'm hurt. I mean, I'm hurting so bad to the point where my stomach is just curling. I just did a bunch of the um, things that I was addicted to, you know, a whole bunch of it at one time, and, and uh, it didn't even fade me anymore. I didn't even feel it no more. And if I couldn't hide behind that, I was like, oh, my God. And it, everything was just setting in, and I was done. So I'm walking, and I'm crying, and I'm screaming at the top of my lungs. I'm, I'm cursing God. If you're up there, show me something. You know, I... I you know, I love aggression. I love being hostile. I love, you know, the old music scene where you just get, yeah, man, I love to fight. I loved all these things, you know, that was all about aggression, man. I lived for it. You know, that's that was my other release was just being aggressive and hostile. And I ain't never been that hostile in my life towards anything. I was I was I was calling God out on on my I mean, on my bed of of pity, you know, show me something. And I cursed. I called him every name in the book. I got up to the um, the freeway and I looked over I looked over the bridge and I was like, man, I'll just do it now, I'll just do it now. And I was like, no, I got. And I kept thinking about my mom. I was going, show me something. If you're here, show me something. And I start walking. And I walk down the highway. Usually, I take Silver Creek, which that that back road to get mm -hmm. here. Well, I take the highway this time, and because my idea was I didn't want to walk all the way out here, and I was to the point where I didn't care 
every car that would come by Seth, I would run at it going, stop, you know, and one of two things is gonna happen, man. Either I'm gonna beat your ass and I'm gonna take your car, or you're gonna mess me up, a cop said, something's gonna happen, you know. I mean, it didn't matter to me. I was at that point, it didn't matter, but I was gonna get somebody's car or something, you know. I needed somebody to stop so I could take it out on them, you know. And that's a horrible way to live, that's a horrible way to think, man, now that I look back, but that's just where I was at. And every car that would go by, I'm doing this, you know, I used to have long hair. And, can you imagine? I done tried ripping all my hair out. I'm going crazy. So it's like this, you know, and I'm going ah, running at cars and, and people are just like, oh, my God, go. So I'm, I'm walking and next thing you know, a northern blows in that night and it starts to sleep, dude. And I'm in that T-shirt and wind pants and sandals. And I'm talking, dude, it is so cold. But I muster up enough strength every other car, you know, to, to run at him. Hey, what's new? You know, and nobody stopped. And it took so long just because it was so cold, I'd have to stop and sit there because my legs would get to the point they wouldn't work in my, man, my hands. Oh, my gosh, man. If you've ever been so cold, it's like, I guess it's to the point of frostbite. You can't even, you can't, you have no strength in your hands whatsoever, man. It was crazy. I went to grab my cigarette and I couldn't even, couldn't grab it, man. It was crazy. So it took from 11 o'clock that night until 5 in the morning just to walk to Lake Worth, which is only about a five-mile walk. But now it's rush hour traffic, right? And I'm walking in the wind has burned my eyes so bad and, and sleet's hit me and this whole time I'm cursing God and I'm calling him out. Do something, you chicken, blah, anything I can think of, man. I hate you. Anything you could possibly think of to call him out on, I, do, I would. And, uh, and if you truly care, if you're truly this entity that everybody says you are, if this, that, the other, you got to show me something because I don't believe, I don't think you're there. From what I know, you don't exist. You ain't shown me nothing. I ain't seen nothing but, you know, and, and forgive me, I'm not trying to look for sympathy or nothing, but that, you ain't shown me nothing, man. All I've had is despair, it seems like, you know, mm -hmm. every time I turn around. And uh, so I'm walking, and, and my eyes are so windburnt, man. The, one of the worst parts about this trip is that I can't see, and I'm walking, and I'd walked into a ditch that was full of water that had ice on it, and it broke, and I fell through up to my knees. And I'm just like, oh, my God, and my legs wouldn't work, and I'm stuck in this I'm stuck in this ditch, man, freezing to death. And I finally make it out, and I'm walking. I make it up to a store there in Lakeside, and, and I'm just, I need a cigarette so bad. And I, I finally get a hold of it, and it's, it's, it's drenched, but it's still intact, you know, if mm -hmm. I could just light it. So I go inside, and little Habib guy in there uh, said, uh, I was like, say, man, can I use one of your lighters? He said, no, 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 you got to buy it. I said, well, uh. Okay, do you have some matches? How much are matches? He goes, three cents, and he threw them on the table. I just grabbed him and walked out, looked at him like, what are you going to do? You know, I'm going to kill myself. What's it matter? Do something. I walk him. out. <laughs> Straight up, man. That's exactly what I felt. Do something. Come out and get me, right? Because that's what I was looking for in the first place. I walk out in the parking lot, and I pull the cigarette up to my mouth. I, I grab one match, and I go to strike it. Well, I don't have enough strength in my hands to hold on to the match after I strike it. It keeps going to the ground. I'm like going, oh, my gosh. So I rip the whole book out and I strike it, it lights. Well, I'm so excited, I bring it up to my mouth and I break my cigarette. Breaking point. I start mm -hmm. running up to cars and this guy goes, you better leave, I'm calling the police. I'm, I'm going off, man, I'm freaking out. And I'm walking again and I'm hurting, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so cold, I'm hurting. And this car is coming up the service road. I'm thinking, here's my way. I'll, I'll jump out in front of this dude and he'll have to stop. It's old Dotson multicolored, got primer on it, you know, and you could see where this guy had just wiped off enough to where he could see out from all the frost and stuff. And as I'm walking, it was the strangest thing, Seth, man, I'm, I'm, <laughs> if, if you hadn't been there, you'd think, oh my gosh, it's kind of a foolish <laughs> story. But dude, it's like we met eyes. I'm looking at this guy. It kind of froze me in my tracks for a second, man. I was like, 
huh? And I start walking up there and I got my mean on, you know, I'll get shocked up to, cause I'm gonna jump in front of this dude. Well, he makes it by me before I can get over there. My legs ain't working too good. Well, I sit there and I'm staring at him, I'm cussing at him and you can see him kind of hit his brakes, pump his brakes a couple times and he gets to the stop sign. Well, instead of getting onto the highway to go on into town to go to work, he makes a left across the bridge and he starts coming down the other uh, service road to make the circle. And I'm like, oh no. Man, I just thought I was bad. Now I got enough time to think about it. It got me nervous, dude. I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude might, you never know. Well, all right, what, he's got a gun. Well, here it is. You know, so I psyched myself up and I'm, I'm getting my mean on, dude. I'm ready to do it. I'm so psyched up. And uh, this dude starts pulling up and you can see him breathing smoke. Hispanic looking dude. And he's rolling his window down. I'm walking up and I got my mean on and I'm about, I'm about, to, I'm about to hammer on this dude, right? And he takes his jacket off and he said, look, man, God told me to give this to you. God bless you. I love you. And I said, what? I said, no, dude, you can't do this to me right now. You don't even know what you, what are you doing? And he said, look, dude, I understand, man. You're like, I'm mad, you asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you, you want to show me now after all this? What, what am I going to do now? Where, where do I go from here? You know, I'm, I'm so lost. What? But let me tell you something, Seth. I put that jacket on and all that sick, despair, god-awful feeling disappeared, man. And I didn't have nowhere I had to be. I didn't have nothing I had to do. I went and I laid down on this porch, somebody's porch. It was a bar, I think. And I lay there on that porch, and I lay there in my jacket, and the sun comes out, man, and I, I just felt alive again. And um, that was the first time I'd honestly been introduced to what I believe God is. Uh, now, did it change me? No, from that point on, I made it back to my house, and I went in there, and I loaded me up a needle, and, and I shot me some more dope, and I got right back to where I was. But the thing is, I called him out, and coincidence, call it coincidence, call it what you want, man. I know, I know for a fact what I felt when I put that on. You can call it a psychological thing. You can call it whatever you want, but I know in my heart, you know, because I, I've never, you know, I've been through a lot of things, man. And I've had, you know, when I went to the foster home, I've had psych doctors talk to me and try to, you know, it, nobody could explain the feeling I had just from putting this jacket on, man. So that was my first experience in what I believe God is. But like I said, I got back into the dope game and uh, went full force from that point on, ended up going to the penitentiary. And uh, it was horrible because I just had Dylan, my son, beautiful baby boy, and uh, Christy, was was uh was my girlfriend and uh we've been together for a while right and um but I, I went full full force into the dope game from that point on and didn't care about nothing but living it you know and um i got pulled over with dylan in the car with a rig on me and and dope and this cop was a Man, he was he was reaming me good. Oh, you love your kid, do you? You'll never see him again. I'm like going, oh my God. Reality sets in, man. It's the first time I'd ever been in any trouble for, for that stuff, you know, and, and uh, you're going to prison, boy. Not only that, I was on probation for kicking in somebody's door to go take something, you know? That's burglary of a habitation. You're looking at uh, two to 20, you know? I'm on probation for that. And then I get caught with dope, which is, uh, can be up to two years straight in jail, you know? So um, reality sets in at that point, and uh, scared to death. I ain't, I ain't never really been scared of much up until that point. Scared like that, and uh, I had uh, I walked into jail. I had this hard, you know. I, I like to fight, you know. I got this mean mug, tough guy going on, and uh, a guy invited me. He said, "Say, man, uh, 
you having troubles? And I said, man, what's it to you, homeboy? He said, man, I, I care, it's all. And I was like, what do you care about? You don't care about me. He said, well, the God that's in me cares about you. I said, uh, and then it struck a chord in me, you know? He gave me his jacket. He may be talking to this guy to tell me something, you know? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And so from that point on, I went over to the, the prayer circle and uh, got introduced to God and started studying the Bible pretty heavily. So that's, that's where I started my, uh, my walk with God, I guess you'd say. Yeah, you called me up. Uh, I remember you called me up about a year and a half ago or two years ago or something. You're like, hey, I hear you're an atheist now. I think yeah. we need to talk next yeah. time you're down in Texas. Yeah. I was wondering, so uh, I didn't see you the last t- couple of times I was down here. So yeah, it's the first time I've seen you since uh, since you gave me that call. So uh, so let's talk. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about? What I, What I want to know is is do you not believe there's God? Are you Are you skeptic? What it, What it, What is it? I don't believe there's a God. You don't believe there's a God? Um, no. Very understandable. I've been there. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to say there definitely, I, I know that there isn't, but right. I'm going to say I'm almost certain there isn't. All right. Well, I mean, you know, and, and, and the only way we'll know is when, when, it, when it comes time to, to get six foot under. That's right. Um, is, it, is it because, all right, let me, can I ask you a few questions just because Please. I want to I know. I don't know uh, <laughs> where you stand. All right. So is it because of um, the Bible that makes you think that or is it just I mean because there's a lot of things in there when I first started studying the Bible that contradicted itself that didn't make no sense to me and if those things could happen back then why aren't they happening now I mean there was a lot of questions I had mm-hmm. uh, on the flip side or could it be the scientific background that you have the Bible to me was never it was never really that important right. I mean I I would consider myself a, a Christian right um, in in my childhood in my youth I couldn't put a definite date on it, but sometime around 17, 18, 19, I was like, I still believe there's a God, but I'm not sure right. that Jesus was a divine person. I don't know if Jesus was God. I don't know if, you know, so I still believe there was a God for a long time, but I just didn't, I wasn't sure that it was the Christian God, the God right. of Abraham or whatever. But the yeah, the Bible was never that important to me um, as a spiritual text. Have you ever, have you ever had any spiritual experience that you would say pertain to God? I've had it in your in your past. There was a few times in my early 20s where I had some experiences. I don't know. Uh, there there was a few times I remember when I got into meditation. I mm-hmm. would meditate a little bit and then I would just be filled with some sort of emotion, some sort of joy or bliss, you know, just for a very brief period, maybe right. like five, ten minutes. Right on. There were a few coincidences in life that were, looking back, they were probably kind of weak. Yeah. But at the time, I was like, oh, this is a sign. Yeah. But those were, that's probably as close as I got to, like, any kind of religious experience or spiritual experience. And also, this might sound stupid to you, it might not, but I don't, but uh, taking LSD. Oh, yeah. Was, I mean, it got me to think all, all kinds of different ways. And I, I almost thought that this drug was a way that, Whatever is whatever is beyond, whatever supernatural. This is how he's speaking to us. It's through this. It's through this drug. Or I've already expanded my mind with yeah. you, bro. I'm, I already <laughs> know. Uh, okay. For example, in my case, and and I'm not going to hold any animosity for what you think because I, I totally value what what you think. You know, you're 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 a very very brilliant mind. But let me let me ask you this. In my case, was it because I was looking for something so hard at that point? Do you think? And just so well, happened well, in your case, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I 
I only know very few details about well, your case. Well, I mean, well, just that, for example, when I was walking and the, and the man said that, was that, in, in, in your eyes, would you feel that was coincidence? I would feel, just from only knowing the details that you gave me about that story, I would think this is a guy who's really compassionate and saw you on the road and took pity on you. And like, this guy's wearing a fucking t-shirt and he's obviously cold yeah. and tired and you know, going through a lot of stuff and I have this jacket, that would be my take on it. Very good. I, and, and you know what? Um, I, I've, I've, I've gave that testimony before and I, I'm going to back it up with this. <clears throat> if you've never really been through a very, very, very traumatic experience, if you've never had something ripped away from you that was so dear to you that you didn't know you could live without until it was ripped away, freedom, for example, when you, when you get there, it breaks you down to the point where you have nothing you know and you're in a place that is so wretched so horrible man and the people in there don't care there's very few that that actually do you know and it's 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 not it's not a, a good place to be and i know there was things that I, I wanted for my family so bad when when you get in there you realize what you take for granted and what you're truly blessed with that you, i'll tell you money can't buy them man and, and I know that for a fact, because when you get everything stripped from you like that, you get in there, hey, let me tell you something. I wanted to walk on grass with my bare feet so bad. I wanted to take a bath, have a pillow. I mean, uh, and, and not only that, you don't, you don't have your, the main thing is you don't have your family. You don't know what's going on. Uh, you don't know when you're getting out. You don't know if you're going to get beat to death by the next person beside you. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let me tell you something. When, when you're hurt real bad and you think you're about to die, 90% of the people are going to pray to God, whether they say they believe or not. All right? Oh, yeah. Well, when I'm, I'm at this point, Seth, I, when I was in the dope game, I'd done a lot of bad things, man, and I'm not proud of. And, and a lot of things were still looming over my head that they could take the rest of my life away from me. I mean, give me life in prison for some of the things that I've done. And even when I got arrested this last time, uh, after I got out of prison, you know, um, they had me in the front page of the paper for all these things and I only got charged with one of these small things, you know, and, and there's, there's no question in my mind. I prayed for certain things and it, and it unfold right in front of my eyes when there was no chance of it ever happening. And that's just, that's just one example because <laughs> I don't know if you know much about Texas in law <laughs> system here, son, but you get in trouble. Your ass is in there, boy. Yep. And, uh, it's all about the money, you know? And the justice. I think we've we've even mentioned on the podcast before that the Texas justice system is a rope and an oak tree, basically. Wow. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You don't have a name no more. You are a number. Mine was one four one sixty two fifty, and you are inmate. And you'll be walking. <laughs> this is horrible, man. You'll be walking down the alley, and they'll say the bowling. What they call a bowling alley. They got all these lanes there in prison. You got to walk down these these uh, uh, concrete lanes to go to chow or to go to wherever and you stay in line and they'll say hey inmate and the first one to look is going to go over there and get naked for the rest of the inmates and stand there what do you got on you boy drop them and i mean you got to stand there naked until so i mean it's a very degrading place you know unless and, you have a huge cock yeah <laughs> 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 you know what i'm saying and then you start swinging it do the you know do the helicopter <laughs> form whatever but uh <laughs> i think your experience is i mean i don't want to degrade it or anything but no, i think no. your experience is similar I've heard similar experiences from other people. Right. Uh, for instance, one time on campus, or one time, is several times, kind of like street preachers or right people who were hired by local churches to come in there and and kind of preach. You know, like they'll go into the plaza area and they'll just start preaching to the crowd of you know passing students and. Right on. And uh, one of them wanted to talk to me, and I was like, "All right, let's let's talk." 
and I was I was kind of finding out a, le- a little bit about his spiritual journey, and, and he was saying, you know, man, I was addicted to heroin for all these years, and my life was shit, blah, 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 and man, I was just so addicted, my life was in the toilet, and all I was, could think about was heroin and and all this stuff, and then he's like, and then and then I found Jesus, and Jesus, I'm I'm now addicted to Jesus, and Jesus got me off drugs, and and that's why I'm a believer, and I'm like, okay, that's that's all well and good, you know, I'm glad you're off drugs and right. and and all that, but and this is just this is simply armchair psychology, what I'm doing right here, but I, it seems to me that this guy is the type of guy who has an addictive personality, correct? And he was addicted to one thing, and now he's addicted to a different thing, which is arguably healthier physically. Physiologically, mentally, mentally for sure. Um, but it just just seems to me like okay, he just went from one addiction to another, and it's right. it's that simple. What's your take on that? Um, uh, being addicted to Jesus, I I know this much. He, I, I don't know if he went overboard. I don't know. You know, there's a certain time and place, and and you should know how far to to take your spirituality with someone. You don't want to run anyone off from it. You know, I know. I, I mean, I just know in my heart, man. I I I, I don't really have any explanation except for I know that when I live by what that book says and dude I used to <laughs> I was the most selfish person in the world man if you didn't have nothing for me I'd be your friend till I got what I wanted man you know and and, and uh, I never thought I could love people in general and and have compassion and and truly care about the well-being of others I never thought I would be able to live right that's all I've ever known, and I was asked to be delivered from it. And, okay, you, you read this book, and if you don't have faith in what you believe, then is it really belief, you know what I'm saying? It's just something that you read. But I, I read this book, you know, and I wasn't going to listen to what any of these other people told me because I'd heard what the people in Baptist Church told me, and I heard what these, these uh, cottage leaders who beat me told me. But until I started living what I read and, and having love and compassion for people, and and truly trying to care get out of my character get out of, of this person that i was did i truly really see what the fruits of life truly are man and it doesn't have anything to do with what I, i'd lived before it all caused it was all for a minute second i'd get that buzz or i'd get that get over on someone i get that and it and, and and it was gone next thing you know i'm doing it again and then now i look back and you know i mean it, it shaped me into the person i am today and i'm all right with that but do you think that you might you might be giving religion too much credit um, for that change? Because it seems to me like you personally made like like if I can continue down this path, nothing good will come from it. And you you did a lot of thinking, and you were like, you know, this, and and you made a conscious change yourself, and it it didn't have to do with any kind of religion. God or yeah. <laughs> or any kind of religion or anything any kind of supernatural power and it was it was you that made the decision because you wanted to have a great relationship with your son or with Christy or and you wanted to have a better life and you didn't want to be in prison all the time that's you know that's that's a, that's a pretty good little armchair psychology but you know Seth I'd I'd made that choice five or six times through jail throughout and I would get out and I would do just fine you want to say something Christy you look like you're chomping at the bit <laughs> no, that, and, and I made that choice so many times, and, and I thought in my heart that that's exactly what I wanted. And until I truly, truly, okay, let me tell you something, man. You can, you can want something real bad, and you can ask God in, 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 in my eyes, all right? And, and he knows in your, in your, that you're true in your heart at that point, all right? But until you truly live it, I mean, you know, I can, I can ask for something. It t- what I read in that Bible tells me 
okay, a way to live, but you have free will, all right? You say, I make that conscious, conscious choice. Well, I made that conscious choice before. Um, I've, had, I've had chances, and, and, you know, what I'd say is to fall back into what I was doing again, which in, in previous times, when I had those chances, I jumped on them, you know? But until I, I started living truly, I'd say, for God and, and living for goodness, and and I wanna I wanna back something up. And the way I you know I don't know, uh, I don't have no degree. You know I have I have my own reading. I sit and read. I don't. I've been to church what twice now. I've been to church twice now. I have my church right here. I and and what I read I decipher myself. I don't. What I I, I can take some things from people, you know that tell me things. But I, I'm I'm gonna have discernment myself on on what they tell me because that's you know that's another man and what they believe you know and that that's. I will take that, but I tell you this: I have church within myself. Um, I know within myself, I'm, I'm delivered. I don't, I don't want to do dope no more, man. I, as a matter of fact, I want to wage a war against it. That's not, that's not only, that's just one of the minor things it, that that has has changed in my life. My outlook. I can sit here and tell you, bro, I love you, man. Before you wouldn't hear that come out my mouth. You know what I'm saying? Unless you wanted something from me, right? right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like those sneakers. You got some nice shoes, boy. So. I love you, man. Can I borrow 40 bucks? Yeah. <laughs> man, that truck you had is great. You had, just going to run to the store. I'll see you yeah. next week's what's going to happen, you know? <laughs> but I, I, I know this much, Seth. I'm a realist, man. I've, I've been told so many things throughout my life and, and tried to believe in it, and, and it fell on me, all right? And when I truly started living, and only you, you will know if, if you put forth the effort and truly try to live for, for what that book says and truly try to have a relationship with God, uh, only you will know. I mean, I, I can sit here and tell you all these things and, and it can, it, you know, it, it, it's a great story, right? But, you know, you sit there maybe one day and something horrible happens in your life, man. Uh, I don't know if you've had a major tragedy or anything to where you are on your knees just begging for some relief from what you're feeling inside, okay? And, I mean, I'm talking despair, bro. It's, 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 it's a horrible place to be, man, and until um, I, I get to that point, and I, I've never felt a joy like I feel inside. Like you said, you felt when you meditate. Jesus, you know, what they say in the Bible about Jesus and, and how he walked and who he was and, and what he was all about is a great thing, you know, and that's someone to be inspired by. It's something to look up to, and I, I, honestly, I want to strive to live more like he lived towards people, towards life in general, uh, and, you know, you look at your, your, your earthly fathers, I don't know about you, mine wasn't a real good one. I never had someone to look up to like that, you know what I'm saying? And they're going to give you advice throughout your life, and you start to follow it, right? Well, I read this book, and I get on my knees, and I pray, and I ask God for certain things to, you know, be delivered from out of my life, man. You know, certain things that come into my head, certain thoughts, you know, like, I got a real bad aggression problem, like I said, and... I fight all the time, used to, and I, man, I begged for God to give me compassion towards people, and, and, you know, anger is a fear of losing control in my mind, fear of losing control of what you think, what you do, I can't control you, so I'm going to wig out on you, all right, and, and, and it's a very, very, I had a real bad problem with it, man, and I'm, I'm still struggling with it, but I've never in my life thought I'd be able to get away from that, and I get, I, I was, you know, I, I was today, a man, a dude, pissed me off to the point of no return and I was able to smile about it because I was like man I'm not, I can't control what this guy says and you know what I killed him with kindness like and 
and it made the situation a whole lot better. And, and it turned out to be a pretty good situation. We both learned from the situation. So I said all that to say this. <laughs> when I read that book and I live like that book says and I put faith in what I pray for, it unfolds in front of my face. And I ask God, you know, I'm like, man, I pray for these things. Will you show me? Will you show me right off the bat? I mean, so I can have faith. I want to know. I want to be able to share what you were sharing with me and with someone else because, God, sometimes I'm scared that I, you know, I don't know if I, I believe fully in, in prayer, you know, and I'm telling you, man, like that, like that, my prayer will be answered. <laughs> I used to hear people say stuff like that, and I go, oh, my God, this guy's a quack, you know, but now that I live it, man, I know, so... All I can say is, is, is experience, you know, I mean, uh, it's like uh, you can get knowledge from books, but until you live it, you don't truly have a grasp of what it's truly about. What if I were to say to you that I have honestly searched and I have honestly, sincerely prayed? Things like religion and spirituality, they've always fascinated me. Mm -hmm. And I've always, but I've always been kind of confused, mm -hmm. or at least I was when I was younger. I was confused, like, like what, what does God really want from me? You know, which religion is the true religion? Mm -hmm. You know, does he love homosexuals? Does he not? You know, is that good or is that bad? What is that? Should I cut the foreskin off my penis? Should I not? Yeah. You know, when I, when I have a son, should I do that or shouldn't I? All right. For the majority of my life, I've honestly searched for the truth. You know, and I have sincerely prayed for any kind of revelation or any kind yeah. of sign. Right. Um, uh, and I've, for the most part, uh, you know, there, God has never talked to me. Assuming there is a God, he's never talked to me. He's right. never shown me. And, right. and as a matter of fact, it seems like, uh, if anything, he wants to remain hidden right. from me. You know, because there's, uh, in my opinion, overwhelming, overwhelming evidence that strongly, strongly suggests that there is no kind of, god there is no kind of deity you know right um there's no reason for me to believe that the bible is true like right. in a historically accurate account of things that happen so when you meet someone like that mm -hmm. what do you say what do you say to someone who sincerely searched for god you sincerely and, searched okay yeah. let me let me ask you this um have you have you read the bible i mean extensively I've read a little bit. Okay. Trust me. Like I said, up until the last three to five years, I, I never felt this way. All right? And I was totally like you. I searched. I asked. I did all these things. And and I, I was, I, I didn't, you know, scientific, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've read the, the, uh, I've Darwin. I mean, I've, I, every, every, the Big Bang Theory, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, you know. Do you, well, let me ask you a question. What do you, what do you believe happens when you die? You're just done? Yeah. That's what the evidence suggests. Okay. <laughs> All right. And uh, what, what dead dude told you this? <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, it's just, no, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's from what I can see, when you die, you die, right. you know, and then your conscious experience of the world is brought about by the brain. Mm -hmm. When the brain dies, mm -hmm. your consciousness dies. Right. Right. There's no reason to think otherwise. Okay. Okay. Let me let me tell you this. All right. I read the Bible, and and a lot, honestly, I don't read a lot of the Old Testament because 
Jesus came to fulfill the law, not to change the law, but the way Jesus lived and the way he walked. I mean, his message, which is ba- the whole New Testament, is based on his message, which was to love one another, to walk in kindness, goodness, peace, joy. I mean, all these things. Uh, to care about one another, not to do the things now what they call sin or the devil or whatever. When you walk, what you read, okay? What the, what the, what the Bible says is is faith without works is dead. All right, and I can sit there and read it and ask God for all these things. But until I truly try to live by what it says, how can I expect to see any different results or how can I expect to hear him? How, I mean, I don't know how to, how to actually explain that. I mean, I'll put it this way. I've read it, and I asked God for all kinds of things, and I, it didn't seem like uh, I was getting any answers. But when I lived what I was reading, and I truly stepped out on faith, because, you know, being nice in my, in my eyes puts me out on an island of vulnerability and loving people puts me out there a, a way to get hurt. And all these things that it tells me to do, I was so scared of being. All right? But when I step out on faith, believing that that's going to make, make me a, a better person, uh, um, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say hear God. But um, when I start walking it, I started seeing results. I started seeing my prayers being answered. I started hearing you know, I mean, I started actually feeling what what God wanted from me. And in return, my life has turned around for the better. Can I speak? Please. Do you want to introduce me or? Ask him if he puts his faith in the scientific books. Oh, okay. I'll let you ask your, well, oh well first, <laughs> wait. Excuse me, me Seth has a whole help. panel here against him, so okay. uh, he's Before, getting armed and ready. <laughs> I just wanted to I just wanted to speak to my experience because it was reminding me when you were talking about how you were searching and God never spoke to you and stuff and and so I just wanted to move you. Huh? I thought I'm a terrible mother. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) But um no, I just wanted to say that in that I have had as you know, several frustrating years. To where I would like, you know, cuss God out, you know, after the church and all that. And then I felt like he had abandoned me for years. And, you know, I've told you this about how I would cuss him out and where have you been and all this. But I noticed recently, well, several months ago, it was like I had, I was, and I have experienced this in the past before. It's like I'm at my wit's end. It's like I absolutely, positively cannot do anything else. It's like I can't control anything, you know, my own thinking. And I, and I have to say, okay, I'm done. You know, it's, I don't even have enough energy to cuss him out anymore. So I say, okay, Father, thy will be done. And that's, those are the, the times that, that he has answered my prayers if you want to say it like that or that's when I've known that's when I've experienced his existence like in on this plane obviously because you're living in so much prosperity right now (laughs) well I know but God has delivered you from this despair I know well even though you continue to have it every day no well I mean what do you think that I and that's a judgment based on based on on your perceptions <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is another one. If we're, I mean, I think, 
I think that I think that spiritual people, I think that people that connect with the divine, mystical people, people that believe in God, I don't I don't think that they're necessarily outwardly prosperous. And I didn't didn't mean that just in just because and I didn't even ask God for money. That's not what I was asking him for. I was asking him for um for control of my thoughts. I was asking him for you know, for some kind of a, some functional thinking. So, I mean, it's if you if you expect that 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 seeking God and and that receiving God's grace means that you're going to live necessarily in riches, then then I think that well well I think that that I never said anything about riches. Well, you said well you you look like oh obviously. Here you're still living with your mother and not don't have a job and all well, that. Well, uh, you you've sang this song for years. For what song? Like, well, okay, I've, let's I've not... asked, I've I've prayed to God, and you know sometimes I just give up, and then that's when good things happen. And then you say you've I, I you've know, done that, and uh huh, I have. What good things have happened? What good things? It's good things have happened inside of me. Good things, and and there are sacred things that happen that aren't necessarily for the world to consume. What do you want to say, Christy? Pass the mic. No. You know, you wanted to say something. No. I want to hear it. Yeah, you were going to say something about do you believe in the science? <clears throat> no. Like, uh, I just Can you see to God know, under a microscope? Right. Is that what you're looking no. for? Do you want to be able to look underneath the mi- microscope and see the cells of, of God, of Jesus, <laughs> of the good things that, that he nice. does? That would be nice, yes. If, if that's the case, that is very narrow-minded. No, I mean I understand the, that you're a scientific thinker, mm-hmm. and I absolutely agree with that. Science does a lot of great things. Um, we read books in school that about history and things like that. We can't see it, but yet we still believe it. But if you know, if someone's going to tell me that there is a God, all right, and if someone's going to tell me that this guy who lived two thousand years ago was a son and he was born of a virgin, he rose from the dead, and um, homosexuality is wrong and that I need to cut the foreskin off my son's penis. You know, there's, there's all these kinds of corollary things, these little corollary things that come with being a Christian, right? And if you're going to tell me that you should say all these things or you should do all these things and you should believe all these things, I'm open to that. I really right. am. I'm, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting God, you. I'm, I'm open to that, and I will believe that if you can persuade me. Do you believe that every man has discretion within within themselves what do you mean by that by like everybody can decide on their own of what's right or wrong that is tricky you mean like free will or you mean like morality or what yeah all the above above. i mean those are those are really tricky things they're not and you thought you were the only one that was tricky no (laughs) to answer your earlier comment about about like well why do you believe a history book you 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 Mm -hmm. You believe that the Revolutionary War happened. You weren't around right. to see it. You know. Right. You believe that maybe uh, a carbon atom ha- yeah. has four hydrogens around it. Absolutely. And uh, uh, you can't fucking see that carbon mm-hmm. atom. So how would you know that that faith is no different from uh, the faith of a religious person? But and and I can kind of see your point there. Like, yeah, okay. I've people tell me, you know, I go to science class mm-hmm. and they'll say. 
there's this organism called E. coli, and it, it has these kind of properties and blah, blah, blah. And then and you go to lab and you see you it. You go to lab and you see it. Well, what or, I'm or saying. I, or you could say like a, a chemical. Like right. I've, or a, a kind of compound. You right. say, uh, you, you make some tea or you make some coffee, mm -hmm. and you're like, this has caffeine in it. Well, right. where's the caffeine? I don't see the caffeine. We don't see caffeine. it, yeah. You but know. we, what? We feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, I think it's different because it's some, some, some jackass didn't just say like, oh yeah, there's this, there's this compound called blah, 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 blah. And it's yeah. in these things. And he just didn't, and you, ha, you know, you have to believe that because I have a PhD. Well, right. no, that's not, that's not how science works. Science works, you know, you, you do experiments and you say, mm -hmm. if, if this is true, then I will get this outcome. And if I get... Right. another outcome then this is false and then other scientists replicate that study and then you publish it through yes. journals that are very rigorous and then it you know it has to stand the test mm -hmm. of time and blah 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 but right. just like is, we do with our faith well there's no i think that's scientists. just because you minor I feel like disagreements just because you you go to lab and you see it happen in front of your eyes mm -hmm. that's exactly the same thing that me and jeremy do we put things in god's hands and we see the outcome just love Ave Maria. I think you can completely appreciate that even if you're not a Catholic. Toward the end there, I say something like, I have sincerely searched for the truth. I have sincerely prayed. I have done this and that. And I said that because uh, throughout the discussion Jeremy and I had, there was a lot of talk on Jeremy's end of well you know you just need to experience this man you just need to live it and I'm not sure what he means specifically by living what it says in the Bible I wish I would have asked him that because certainly I think it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people but I say that because I've heard that from Jeremy and then I've also heard it from a lot of other people if you've ever been accosted you know like on a street corner someone wants to talk to you or you you know with a uh, by a mormon or a jehovah's witness or anyone who wants to evangelize to you they they think they're bringing you something novel they they think that they're bringing you the good word maybe something you haven't heard before and i always have to say look i i know i know all about jesus you don't you don't have to you don't have to give me your spiel. You don't have to. You don't have to tell me about uh, what it says in John or what it says in the Psalms or whatever you want to quote from. I've heard that. 
so Jeremy was telling me his story, and it's a, it's, it's obviously a very fascinating story, uh, maybe even a little bit moving. Still, there was a lot of okay. I've read the Bible. Okay, I've read this, and I've experienced God, and and you just need to experience God, and you know, and that's the reason I said that is because it's not like being a Christian is a new concept to me. I was attending church as far back as I can remember. I've the first few years of my life up until I was about six, my mom was taking me to this church in River Oaks called the New Thought Church of Religious Science. Shortly after my sister was born, we started going to uh, a Methodist church in Azel. I went there close to weekly. I mean, it wasn't every single week, but it was 40 weeks out of the year, at least. We would go, and I would I would be involved in Sunday school. My mom used to teach Sunday school, and she was involved in various activities in the church. My dad was involved in various activities in the church. I was confirmed. I would go on mission trips. I went, I think when I was like 16, I went to this, uh, what's called a walk to Emmaus. And I can't remember if that was, if I was strongly urged to go on that or if I actually wanted to go on that, but it was probably a little bit of both. And even when I started going to college, I would still attend church services and the, the college, the college form of Sunday school off and on for a couple of years. And I want, I want, <laughs> I just want to get this across, you know, like I've logged many, many hours with Jesus. And I will admit, I haven't read the Bible cover to cover. I kind of wanted to a couple of times, but it's such a, oh God, it's an intimidating book. <laughs> you know, there's just so many pages. But, you know, through all my Sunday school and church going and this and that, I know the nuts and bolts of the Bible. I know the meat and potatoes of the Bible. I can't throw out quotes really easily. Because, like I said in the discussion, it wasn't really that important to me. I mean, I, I dig some parts of the Bible. Um, I can I can dig some of Jesus's parables. I really enjoy the one about um, how can you remove the the splinter in your neighbor's eye when there's a plank of wood in your own. Uh, I like I like when he preaches about um, rich people not getting into heaven, and they should give their money to the poor. I like the parable of the good Samaritan. Um, I like some of the prose that's used throughout the Bible, but also there's obviously some I think everyone can agree there's some fucking ridiculous shit in that Bible. There is. Let's not let's not beat around the bush here. Let's call a spade a spade. There's some stupid shit in the Bible. I appreciate Jeremy giving me some of his time and discussing these things with me and, and, and really putting himself out there because it is I mean you do it is a vulnerable position when you tell people about these intimate religious experiences or these intimate transcendent very personal experiences and I really like the guy a lot he's uh, he's one of those guys that looks you in the eye and smiles a lot and he says your name often uh, which Dale Carnegie said was uh, the sweetest sound anyone can hear is the sound of their own name or something and he immediately like as soon as he meets you he instantly will find something that will connect with you, right? Like, for me, I think it was probably, I'm trying to think about, like, the first time I met him. 
and for me it was like he found that connection pretty quick and he was like uh we bonded with like music i don't know if bonded is the right word but you know we instantly had a connection with music you know he liked tool i liked tool and so he's he's very charismatic and he has a very winning personality and i really admire that about him because it's obviously something i don't have i wish i i wish i had that ability you know I, sh I probably should have asked him, say this guy gave you a jacket and he said something like, Brahman told me to give this to you. Would would Jeremy be a Hindu now? Or if some guy had come up to him in jail and that person was a Muslim and he said, I, I really care about you and I'm the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, wants me to tell you that uh, he cares about you and let's go read the Quran. And I just can't imagine... Like, what would have happened in those scenarios? You know, I would like to know what he would have thought. But anyway, I suppose that's my piece for today. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, guys, take it easy.